welcome to another edition of the Jersey Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast by fans for fans, where all the content is absolutely free, coming to you in association with Forest Precision Engineering. I'm your host tonight, Brian Archer, and as always, we'd encourage you to get on to the Jersey website and check out our forums and articles for all your latest Rangers news and discussions. We're live tonight on the YouTube channel, and we'd ask that you continue to share the pod on social media, spread the word, and please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Before I introduce my guests for tonight, I need to give another mention to our partners over at Forest Precision Engineering. They're a Glasgow-based engineering company who have been a big commercial supporter of Rangers for a number of years and we're delighted to have them supporting the pod. If you want more information about them, please visit the web- their website at www.forestprecisioneng.com. They also have a stunning executive lounge in the Ibrox main stand. And for more information on that, please email the club at hospitality at rangers.co.uk. Right, now to bring in my guest for tonight. Firstly, Ian Duff. Ian, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Yeah. bit more positive than in recent weeks, days, months. Yeah, well, I suppose a Rangers win always helps that. And also joining us, John McCallum. John, how's things? I'm not bad, thanks. I'm dozed with the cold. I'll be muting all the way through as I sneeze and splot all the way through this. But it is just a cold. There's nothing more serious than that. Nothing that can be passed virtually. Glad to hear it. Hopefully the Rangers win earlier on today. Cheered you up a bit? Ever so slightly. <laughs> right, there's always plenty to discuss tonight, guys, with the game earlier on and everything else around the club. We'll start with, obviously, the game against St Mirren. Um, nice 3-1 win. Um, I think we Sorry, 3 now we did we did win. I'm, I'm giving St Mirren a goal that they did not score. <laughs> You've got to assume that, that would be the case, wouldn't you, really? <laughs> I think I just expected this to concede at this point, but <laughs> good spot there, John. Yes, we won 3 now. Um, first thing I'll do is, I'm coming to you first on this, John, is just your thoughts on the performance overall. For me, I thought still wasn't great, but at this point in time, a win's all that matters. Yeah, aspects of it, I think, maybe we flattered to deceive a little bit. I mean, look, we, we were the better team, um, you know, I, I think uh, it was a deserved victory. We still, at times, huffed and puffed and knocked the ball sideways and sideways and sideways and, and just lacked a bit of energy. And um, you know, so it still was it was still far from the kind of performance you wanted. But you know, it's a clean sheet and three goals. Um, I think there was a few of us getting into this game with some trepidation. So um, come two o'clock today, I was very pleased to have the three points. Um, uh, yeah, at times, you know, at, at times we played okay. You know, a couple of times, um, Raskin decided to run from midfield forwards, which was which was novel. I didn't know we had any midfielders who knew how to do that anymore. So yeah, it was nice, and occasionally it caused them problems. Um, uh, let's be honest, I think them going down to ten men, um, you know, and then getting the penalty clearly settled us. Um, it, it obviously changed the, the shape and the flow of the game up until that point. I think we were the better team, but but St. Martin, I think, had. Um, were probably given us as, uh, uh, as much as we were giving them at that point. Neither team really can create many clear-cut chances prior to that. Um, so uh, overall, I, I think what's been a pretty bad week, uh, it was it was a good ending to um, to a bad week. Probably a, a better result than I expected, if I'm being entirely honest with you. Yeah, I'm about the same in terms of getting it with a bit of trepidation. Um, Ian, I'll get your take on the, the team selection. I thought it was a fairly bold move on Davis's part to bring in Zach Lovely, who I thought did really well up until he unfortunately got injured. But what does it say about, what did you make of his performance? And also, what does it say about where we're at with this squad? The fact that, you know, we've had this big overhaul of the attacking options in the summer. 
then our two kind of main fit attacking options in Dessers Des- Des- and Lammers were both left on the bench for a 17-year-old youth player. Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, uh, Lovely's played really well uh, up to the, the point where he got injured and you do wonder what we've done to deserve this uh, curse that seems to be hitting the, the team this season. Seems to be, you never know whether it's when you're playing badly, you get a lot of injuries, or whether you're playing badly because you've got a lot of injuries. Sometimes I think it works both ways, but uh, yeah, just unlucky for him. But he, he did look promising for for when he was on. He was obviously involved in the the move that uh, resulted in the penalty. So uh, yeah, that was that was a shame to see him going. But in terms of a message, I mean, I think it was pretty uh, pretty clear message really from uh, from Steve Davis to the to the, these two guys because you know ostensibly this is like. Second, you know, we're playing against a team in second place, so it's a it's a must win game, and in a must win game, he's gone for basically untried uh, forward in favour uh, instead of these uh, two experienced big money signings. Not only that, but when Lovelace went off injured, you, your automatic assumption would be that one of the those two would come on, probably Dessers, and they didn't. So at that point, you're then thinking, well, this is definitely he's made a definite conscious decision here to. Send them a message to say, "Look, you you guys aren't cutting it, and uh, we're going to go for these uh, for these youngsters." So, you know, fair play, um, and you know, you, you could argue that it uh, paid off. Um, I think, uh, as I say, Lovelace did well, and uh, his replacement did pretty uh, well as well. So, you know, I, it's good to see. Uh, I, I mean, I think that was probably I wouldn't have wanted to see wholesale changes in terms of throwing a whole load of young lads on because I think you know. That uh, that's just not fair to them. You know, you're, you're basically throwing them under a bus. And in some ways, if it goes badly, then that could be you know affect them for the long term. So uh, it was the right way to do it to bring uh, bring one or two on and, and give a couple others a chance later on in the game as well. Yeah, Johnny, you mentioned that they wouldn't have wanted to see kind of wholesale changes with the youngsters brought in. There was quite a few fans online, you know actively calling for that in terms of guys like Tav, Golds and Barris at Lundstrom already dropped and then youngsters brought in. Did you ever think that was realistic? I kind of didn't expect that. I think Ian's kind of hit the nail on the head there when he said that you're kind of throwing them into a bit of a, a really difficult situation. So I never expected him to, to bring in that many youngsters, but I thought he handled it in the right way. What what, what were you expecting in terms of the team lineup? I was actually expecting McCausland to start. Uh, I thought he did enough in his kind of 15-minute cameo on Thursday night to, to, to want a start and I was a little surprised that he didn't start but uh, Lovelace came in um, and I was pleased when he came off the bench because he, he I thought he did quite well when he when he, when he came on um, the thing about McCausland is he's 20 so he's inexperienced you know he hasn't played a lot of first team football for uh, for anyone but, he, but he, you know he's not 17 um, you know he this is a kind of make or break season for McCausland he, he either breaks into the team or, or he leaves I think next summer so um, it was interesting seeing him. He's quite slightly built um, for a for a professional football player these days. He, he is quite slightly built. Uh, I wondered if that might be an issue for him um, in the future. But let's wait and see. I thought uh, both both of them took their chances. In terms of wholesale changes, I didn't think there was any chance that was going to happen. Um, I I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a defender of of Tavernier. Um, you know, I think he's a player who. Um, who we take for granted in many ways. However, on Thursday night he was appalling, um, and he wasn't the only one. I mean, Thursday night was a, just a, such an abysmal performance um, from from start to finish. Uh, you know, 
if, if, if he had been dropped, I don't think he could have complained. I didn't think it was going to happen. Um, for a variety of reasons, I didn't think it was going to happen. Um, I think the main one being, why would Steve Davis, you know, Steve Davis is going back to being um, his, his teammate now. You know, I don't know if Steve Davis will ever play again, but I, I couldn't see him um, destroying a friendship um, with, with uh, Goldson and with um, Tavernier and, and Barisic uh, uh, over this. I just I couldn't see that happening. Um, and I think it was the right decision. I think that that level of wholesale changes just wasn't going to happen. Um, this was a must-win game, and, and it's fine bringing in two or three youngsters. But I, I think you know wholesale changes to the entire defence would just um, online fans are maybe not always the people to listen to, um, and, and I include myself in that. You know, there are times we just want to burn the whole place down. Um, Unfortunately, saner, saner minds perhaps prevail. So no, I didn't think it was. I didn't think that was logical. I didn't think that was likely to harm. Um, as I said, my only surprise was McCausland didn't start and Lovelace did. Um, I, I thought McCausland had done enough to, to want a start, but I don't know. Perhaps he'd perhaps he'd taken a knock or something during the week. Perhaps he wasn't fit for a full ninety. I really don't know. Um, either way, it worked out. Yeah, I thought he handled it well um, in terms of the, the change that he did make. Um, and to be fair, I'm sorry, I mean, sorry, I've jumped in and told you. To be fair, he did change the defence. Obviously, Davies was dropped and, and, um, and Stuart brought back in. So he did make a change in defence. Yeah, yeah. I thought Stuart did pretty well, to be fair. I thought for what he did have to do, although I don't think we had much to do for obvious reasons when they went down to um, 10 main, I thought Stuart um, handled the game pretty well when he came back in. Um, I actually think Stuart has been. Not our worst defender this season. I mean, I know he's had a couple of uh, howlers and that's probably what's uh, uh, gone against him more than anything. But uh, to be honest, I thought he's he's looked okay. That, you know, in compar- you know, in the context that everybody has been pretty awful, he's been slightly better than, than, than some of the others. So I don't think he's been our worst. So I was quite glad to see him back in. And again, I thought he did fine when he was on. Yeah, I think he brings an interesting drive to that defence in terms of he's got that capability to carry the ball, which I don't think many of our defenders do. And he's also got that thing that Goldson's also got where he can switch the play quite well. So I think he brings a kind of interesting um, option in terms of playing the ball out from the back. So I was kind of glad to see him back and thought he did well. Um, I'll come to you in the next point, Ian, is the kind of major talking point from from the game was the, the penalty incident and the sending off now for me it was correct decision I don't see how anyone can look at that and come to any other conclusion um, my main point on it I wanted to ask was about VER was that an example of kind of VER working correctly and how VER should work in terms of I'm not convinced that gets given if VER is not in play well it wasn't was it so uh, it probably wouldn't have been given uh, I, I mean I've been no secret of the fact that I had just don't like VAR and you know nothing's going to change my mind on that I just don't I just feel that it changes the whole dynamic of the game and I just don't like the way it does it and even if we hadn't got that as a result of it not existing we hadn't got that penalty today then so be it that's just the way it is because you know other occasions where uh, it goes in our favour so on that count you know VAR yeah it worked but I mean I'm still I'm still not a fan uh, I mean, like you. I mean, I thought it was a you know a stone wall penalty. I, I don't know. I, I was quite surprised it took them so long to actually come yeah. to a decision on it. I mean, the the, the referee, I suppose, the, he's got to think about all the uh, the flag that he's going to get for giving that penalty. So he's got to be a hundred percent sure in his own mind the the ref. But uh, 
you know, it looked, as soon as I saw it, I mean, there was something about it when I saw it the first time in real time that didn't look right. I didn't see a handball in the first instance, but the first replay I saw, it was quite clear it was handball. So, you know, why it took him that length of time is, is, is a bit of a mystery. But yeah, it was a, it was a stonewall penalty. In terms of a red card, I, I, I don't really know what the rules are. I mean, like everybody else, I'm just totally lost by what, what what the rules are these days. But I mean, it looked to me as if he was denying a clear goal-scoring chance and made no attempt to play the ball normally. So I think that is what results in uh, uh, a red card. So uh, in that case, it was the right decision. Yeah, that, that didn't have any complaints with the decision. I thought it was uh, a clear stonewaller. Um, I'll come to you on the VR point, John. What's your thoughts on VR? Are you, you a fan or are you much like Ian and you prefer the game without it? Yeah, no, I hate VR. Um, I would bin VAR tomorrow. Uh, it get, brings nothing to the game. It, it's funny, I, I, I don't know if there's a generational aspect to this, um, if there's also an element of, of being at the game as opposed to watching it on TV. Um, if you're at the game, it, it, I just find VR horrific. You've no clue what's going on. Um, you know, and, and that annoys me. Um, you know, in England, the television companies can make the argument in England because they, you know, they plough, you know, billions of pounds into the game down there. So they can make the, the claim, oh, you know what, we get to call the shots because we're putting all the money in. Um, they don't get to make that claim here. You know, in the end, but that's not how it works in Scotland. The television companies give us a pittance and frankly, they should be chased for their lives. Um, if they want to ruin the enjoyment of football, um, then they should have to pay us an awful lot more than they are. So no, I hate VR. Um, the fact it was correct today, as Ian says, you know, um, it's not always. Um, but I just, it just annoys me. Um, and then I think it might be a generational thing. I might just be becoming, I'm getting to that age. I'm probably well past that age. Now. Yeah, but I just, things annoy me now. Things, irrational things annoy me. Somebody's changing something that annoys me. Um, and VAR is definitely something that annoys me. But as I said, it's a generational thing. I talk to my sons and my sons look at me like, why would you not want the right decision? But, well, you don't understand. Sometimes the wrong decision makes me happy too, or it makes me angry forever, you know? Um, and that's just part of football, you know? I think it's a spontaneity. Um, of, and, and you can have a big talk about, uh, you know, we could get into some depth about VAR and what that says about society and the society's desire to have every single thing correct. You know what? I think it was Klopp that said football's the, the most important of the unimportant things. And, and I, I kind of feel that way, you know, in the end, you know, I want the team to do well. I, I want you want the referee to get decisions right, but you know what? Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they just make horrendous decisions, and you just you know gives us something to talk about. The thing I really don't like about it is that you can't really celebrate a goal anymore because you're always in the back of your head wondering, oh, is that going to get chopped off? Is there <laughs> going to be something that nobody in the stadium's seen? But when you when you go over it on the video and slow it down, they'll maybe see a tug of a shirt or something like that that nobody else has seen and yeah. chop it off. That's I mean, ironically, that, that boy today would probably get away with that because I don't yeah. think the ref saw it. It no. was actually quite impressive. It was, you know, it was quite a nice wee, you know, just, just knocked it off. So Seema just, you know, you know, I admire that level of deceit. You know, admire somebody who can, um, I think he's practised that. I think that's a move. He's done that before. Yeah. Because um, it was, I remember it was the the goal that Ruth scored in the Old Firm game, and I remember 
my dad was celebrating and he, he said to me, I don't know, take that one off us because they disallowed the one previously for offside and I turned around to him and I said, don't be so sure about that. And then they ended up, did take him off because I always had in the back of my head, even when celebrating that goal, I always had it in the back of my head, there's a chance that's going to get get chopped off because of VR. That's the one thing I don't like about it, is just the, it takes away from the celebrating the goal. Well, it's one of the many things I don't like about it. And I suppose the only good thing about it is, in some ways, is the, the opposite is true as well, isn't it? So there's always that chance if you have conceded a goal, maybe maybe there was something that happened. Maybe they'll, they'll, they'll disallow it. You, you never know. never happens, mind you. That seems to be... It doesn't seem to go in our favour anyway a lot of the time. Or it feels like that at the moment anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I guess it's here to stay and we just need to live with it. But I kind of... I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about it. I, I kind of chomp change, but... I would have thought you would have been, uh, you know, you're a digital generation. You're a guy who's had TV at football. I, I would have thought you'd be. You'd be I am, but also I don't like the fact that they spend, you know, eons going over decisions that look pretty straightforward to me. They, they spend, was it, was it the one during the week that the Dessers one where he scored and it, it looked clearly offside, but they spent about five minutes and it gave you that false hope of, I remember sitting thinking, he's going to give this, he's going to give this. Because well, they I mean, spent I, so I, long you, you reviewing it. That had scored it. You knew he was offside. You didn't need VR to tell you he was offside. Of course he was offside. Well, yeah, and at times they just, they spend too long reviewing things when it's clear to the eye that, the, what the decision should be but then you obviously get the one in the Liverpool game last weekend when they were that desperate to get it over and done quickly that they came to the wrong decision so I think we just need to accept no system they introduced is going to be perfect they're never going to iron out every error in football because it's a human game why try it's, that's the point you know yeah. don't, don't even bother trying you can't do it just don't bother anyway said it before I take your point um, right moving on I wanted to talk about a couple of um performers on the day. Um, first one I wanted to come to you and I come to you on this one Ian because I think um, John had said previously he's a, bit, he's a Tav defender so I'll come to you on, on this one. Um, Tavenier's taken a lot of criticism recent weeks um, for both his performances and his captaincy. Um, I thought he did well today but I'm not sure that's going to absolve him with all the criticism he's taken recently. Um, there's been a lot of fans suggesting that the new manager's first job should be to take the armband off him. Do you think that's justified or do you think some of the criticism has been a bit over the top? I think. I mean, all the criticism, well, not all the criticism, but the criticism has been over the top. There's no question about that. Uh, I'm generally a fan of Tavernier as well. I don't think, I don't think you can, you know, you can point, you can criticise elements of his performances. I don't think you can criticise what he's contributed over the last, however many years he's been with his you know, even today, he scores two goals, you know, and, you know, it's quite easy to forget how many goals, he's, important goals he scored. He stepped up, to, uh, and, you know, and people say, oh, they're all penalties. Well, you know, you've got to score them. He's up yeah. there. To, you know, there's a lot of pressure on him. He's, he's scored penalties in massive games for us over in Europe and, and domestically over the, the last uh, few seasons. He's stepped up and he scored those goals and, and done what he had to do. So, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not defending him to the to the hilt because you know he's he's not had a great season, but uh, you know he's not the only one by any stretch of the imagination, um, and I'm not sure that he, his longer term future is uh, is secure at Rangers. I don't know whether we should be looking elsewhere in the longer term, maybe the end of the season or you know towards the next season or whatever, but. 
at the moment, who's better? You know, who's better in that position? Uh, throwing a young guy in at that right back who, you know, has, is totally unproven, and I haven't seen anything in any of the games that he's played that would suggest to me that he's better than Tavernier at any point. Um, who would be a better captain? I'm not sure that anybody on, on the pitch today would have stood out to me as being the, the, the standout choice. Maybe maybe the goalkeeper, perhaps, I suppose, yeah. but uh, that's about the only one. So, no, I don't I don't think, if I was coming in as the manager, I don't think I would take the, the captaincy off him for a start. He's, you know, he's obviously popular amongst the players. Now, you could argue that's a negative thing, the way the players have been, but... Uh, you know, the last thing you want to do when you come in as a new manager is to totally alienate the players you've got because they are the players you've got. You've got to have them on your side. You want to get the best out of them. You don't want to start, uh, you know, putting them, uh, putting their, getting their backs up against you and and, and uh, resenting the fact that their, their pal's been uh, uh, probably stripped of his uh, captaincy. So there's lots of reasons why I wouldn't uh, take the captaincy off them, but probably the main one is that there's no real obvious candidate that would uh, take the job anyway so uh, I think it's uh, I think it's not something that's going to happen John I'd heard the suggestion that perhaps taking the armband off of Tav might actually improve his own performance by taking that captaincy responsibility away from him um, I'd heard that kind of compared to that happened to Amoruso I think he got the captaincy taken off him it was given to Rickson I believe and he seemed to get an uplifting performance from that just by not having that responsibility on him. Is that a viewpoint you can anyway can I agree on or, or see from? No. Uh, no, I don't think so either. I, um, I think, I mean, the thing with Amoruso, I mean, it basically led to his departure from the club. Um, he he was a very different type of player. He was actually Ferguson who got the, the captaincy from uh, when Amoruso had it stripped. Um, Amoruso had 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 a series of poor performances. But it was different from what's happened with Tav. I think part of the problem people, some people have with Tav is he's not particularly demonstrative. You know, he's not a screamer and shouter. You know, he's not, he's not that type of personality. And I think when things aren't going well, some in the support are looking for that. They're looking for somebody who's going to, you know, roll their sleeves up and start pumping their fist and, and shouting at people. And none of us know what's going on behind closed doors. But I think it's telling that every manager that we've had keeps Tav as the captain. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think that tells us something. I mean, Stephen Gerrard knew a thing or two about being captain and he kept one as his captain. So Absolutely. I guess that says something. Yeah, and Van Bronckhorst kept him. Um, you know, Bill kept him. You know, we'll see what the next manager does. But, you know, I think that, that tells us something about his personality, his standing at the club. As I said, I think we take um, a lot of his stuff for granted. Um, as Ian said, there, you know, the, 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 the return as a fullback is astonishing. Um, and again, you know, who's better than him? I don't know. You know, and I certainly wouldn't trust. I wouldn't trust the club just now to go and spend money to replace him. Um, that would certainly make me nervous. Um, from what I understand of Tavernier, he has, you know, he's gone native. He's settled here. He intends to spend the rest of his life here. Um, you know, he's. Uh, you know, he's not looking for a move to the Premiership. He's not looking for a move to Saudi Arabia. He wants to play for Rangers until his career ends. Um, that says something about him as well. Um, no, I don't think so. I think stripping him of the captaincy, particularly when there was no manager in place, that, that wasn't going to happen. Davis was not going to do that. Um, I don't think that would have been a, a smart move. I'm not convinced the issue is with the captaincy. 
Um, I don't think that's the problem. In the end, you know, Tavernier can't make Dessers faster. You know, he, he just can't do that. You know, he can't make Lammers a better player than he is. That's not, you know, he can, he can uh, cajole the midfield. He, you know, he can improve his own game. But there's a limit to what he can do as, as captain. Um, and, and, you know, in the end, he didn't buy these players. You know, he's not responsible for them being at the club. He's not responsible for the decisions that were made in the summer. Um, I, 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 no, um, I, I just don't think that would have been a, I don't think it would have been a smart move. I think it would have been counterproductive, frankly. Ian, John mentioned there about we as fans kind of want to see our captain screaming and shouting. But is that really what the modern captain does? I don't, if I think about captains and, you know, big teams or other teams in the league or even down south, you don't see many captains screaming and shouting now a la Richard Goff or in years gone by. Do, do we maybe place a bit too much importance on the captain? I mean, there's teams down south where their club captain doesn't even play. It sits on the bench and they have a, a club captain and on-field captain. So is it maybe a case that we overemphasise the role of the captain? Yeah, I mean, I think the modern game is all about the sort of leadership group, isn't it? So you have four or five sort of strong personalities within the squad that are experienced and have, you know, know know what's expected and they are the ones who, you know, are the sort of players liaison with the the coaching staff and with the, the, the wider club, I suppose. And I think the club captain thing is more of a figurehead thing in most countries. I mean, I think so in Scotland and in England to an extent. Um, it's more important than it is in the rest of Europe, but still, we've moved on a bit from the days of Richard Goff or Terry Butcher or uh, John Gregg or, or whatever. You know, that one single individual screaming his head off and threatening players almost uh, they have to play better it just doesn't work in the modern game and it's just not it's not part of the modern game anymore so I think there's a lot of emphasis put on the captain that is probably unnecessary or a lot of expectations I suppose from, from fans that are, that are unnecessary so yeah I think I think yeah you're right that, that is how uh, where we are now, I think I think we've moved on a bit from that sort of single figure is uh, all important to the club. Yeah, um, John. Another player I wanted to speak about was Abdullah Sima. I thought again he looked like a most threatening forward player. I think he's now got five goals in the last six games. I think it is. Um, so it's great to see him contributing. But is it a concern for you? And is it another kind of damning indictment on our summer spend that he looks like a, you know? best outfield player that we've recruited but he's not actually our player uh, yeah um, I was, we were saying that to some people earlier on today as we were watching the game and um, and, and we were texting uh, it is ironic that you know of the kind of four forward players that we've brought in in the summer he's the one that seems to have found a bit of form uh, it's really pleasing because I have to say I thought he was awful when he first came um, I just I couldn't figure out why we'd bought him or we had, well, brought him into the club even um, we didn't buy him but uh, I just thought he was really poor he, he looked fast um, and he was tall but but I, I couldn't see much else but to be fair um, he's been the pick of the bunch um, recently it's a low bar um, you know it's I'm fairly confident any of the players that we sold in the summer if we'd hung on to them they'd be the pick of the bunch just now um, but you know it's a low bar but no look he's doing his job um, he was arguably the only player who got close to pass marks on Thursday night um, 
um, despite his limitations, I thought he at least kept working. He kept trying. Um, it wasn't always happening, but he wasn't hiding. Um, and uh, I thought again today uh, he took his goal well. Uh, nice, you know, nice finish. Um, and uh, he seems to be playing himself into some form, um, which is great because um, no one else up front is. Uh, so, um, I, I, yeah, I'm pleased with Seema. I'm pleased he seems to be doing um, what's required. Truth is, we don't have a lot of options up front just now. Um, you know, if, if he can keep that form, he's going to keep his place because um, there isn't really anybody else to, to bring in just now. Uh, there isn't really anyone else to, to, to replace him. The fact he's not our player, I don't know. I mean, I, from what I gather, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't got in the Brighton team. Um, you know, I, I think he's a player they've brought in and, and, you know, for whatever reason they've decided he isn't, he isn't right for them. He spent pretty much his entire career out on loan. Um, I, I guess, you know, he might be available in the summer if we want him. Um, although I imagine that it will be the irony of if he ends up turning into a blinding player and, and having a cracking season, we probably won't be able to afford him. Um, and he'll, he'll go somewhere else. Um, but, you know, he's our player just now, a bit like Tillman last year, he's our player just now. Um, you know, if he can deliver on the park for a season, well, that's fine. Um, you know, let's just be grateful for that. But it is, it is um, the irony of it wasn't lost on me today uh, and, and, and kind of sums things up a bit just now, doesn't it? Um, that, that he's the one of the four that uh, we brought in in the summer to, to play up front and he's the one that, that um, looks like the most likely. Yeah. Um, Ian, John made the comparison there to Tillman in terms of he's a player on loan that's doing really well. Is he? Obviously, we don't know what finances would be involved in potentially keeping him, but if that was an option, is that something you'd be, you think the club should be exploring? I think we're maybe getting a wee bit ahead of ourselves at the moment. I mean, in terms of thinking about signing him, I mean, yeah, he's looking okay. Um, let's see if he is at the end of the season, if we still think that. You know, I'm not saying he, 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 he wouldn't, but, you know, I think there'd be a lot of money involved, to be honest. You know, just the fact that he's in the Premier League, playing for one of the sort of more successful clubs. And I think, you know, Brighton are pretty good at getting good money for their players so uh, you know I, I don't think we'd get him on the cheap so uh, you know look, yeah, he's, look, he's looked good uh, and I, you know uh, I, I just don't think we would want to at this stage be necessarily uh, committing ourselves to anything um, uh, I think again when the new manager comes in I suppose they're going to have their own ideas as well so hopefully they'll come in with a uh, a scouting network of their own that, that goes beyond what we currently have and uh, maybe we can broaden that out a wee bit and uh, look for some other uh, alternatives uh, as well but yeah I mean I agree that he's, he's doing well but I think we're maybe a, a wee bit early in terms of uh, snapping him up on a, a permanent deal Yeah I think so I think it probably would be um, fairly costly if we were to try and sign him so uh, we'll see how that works out in the summer He's got uh, sorry. He's about eighteen months left in his contract with Brighton, so the chances are Brighton will want to will make a decision in the summer, which is probably they'll they'll, they'll want to try and sell him and recoup something uh, in the summer. It seems uh, you know, unless, as I said, something changes dramatically, Brighton. Um, I don't think he's making the Brighton um, first team anytime soon. Um, so uh, I suspect they'll look to 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 get what they can from this summer. Um, and, and try and make a permanent move rather than see him leave for nothing um, in 12 months' time. So, you know, the ball just is in our court, but as Ian says, 
Aye, uh, I wouldn't be committing to it just yet. Uh, I think we had the same discussions about one players like the Senna Kilabali. We were all quite keen to sign him early on and it didn't uh, kind of pan out that way for the rest of the season. So I think he makes a good point in terms of it might be better just to hold off and see how consistent he is. Um, next thing we obviously need to cover is the search for a new manager. Now, there's not be much news over the weekend. I think the latest news we had on, on Friday that Alex and Dougie discussed well, that we were told that Frank Lampard is no longer in contention um, for that role. And it seems to be based on kind of rumours and online speculation that the, the rumoured front runners appear to be Muscat, Clement, and Nudson. Um, I'll ask you first, Dean, do either of the three of them excite you? Are they managers you know much about? Or would you have a preference in terms of those three names? Um, well, I know I know about them. Um, I mean, I, none of them. When, when there was a sort of rumoured four or five names that came out a uh, couple of, well, last week, um, I have to say, none of them really filled me with great excitement. But at the same time, I don't really know who who would have done it that would be within our sort of uh, our, our realistic uh, target range. So, um I, I, Muscat, I don't really, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel that we're looking at him because he's a former player and because he's sort of followed a similar career path to uh, uh, the former Celtic manager. Um, there's no, you know, there, there's no reason to think that he's just going to replicate exactly what he did at Celtic with us, uh, just because he's sort of managed the same clubs and he's he's Australian and he's followed the same sort of uh, career path. So. I don't know an awful lot about his, uh, you know, what, what he's all about. Um, I would hope that if he was appointed, then that people would have looked into it a bit more than, than I have done so far. I'm not 100% sure about that, but I would, I would like to think that would be the case. Uh, and the other two, uh, Clement, um he's probably the one that I know most about because he's been relatively successful uh, in Belgium. And yes, suppose you could say, well, it's only Belgium, but then it's only Scotland, so we, we shouldn't really be uh, rolling somebody out on that basis. But I mean, the most important thing for me is that we need somebody who is a proven winner and somebody who who knows what it means to win and knows how important it is to win. Um, now, I don't know if I don't know how all these guys are their, their makeup is, but you know, Clement has obviously been a winner, um, but you know, the, and and so have the other two, I think, as well. But you know, it's just all about their. I don't really, I don't really know enough about all of them to say he's my favourite. None of them are, none of them are standing out as a favourite. I think Clement is probably the one that that stands above the other two that are, are up there. But, uh, but you know, it's, I think it's just more important that when they come in, they understand what is expected of them, and that they, they, they can try and transmit that to the players. That because I don't think a lot of these players we've got just now really understand that, despite what you know they must have picked up on a few clues by now, but, you know, they, they don't seem to have picked that up. So hopefully you can get somebody who who will uh, inspire the players to to reach greater heights. Um, so that, that's my most important factor there. But I, I, would, I wouldn't say any of them exactly uh, excite me, but then I wasn't really expecting to be excited, to be honest. So, uh, so uh, at this age, I can't really call it excitement anyway, so... Was there any um, kind of names that were perhaps more kind of loosely rumoured that, that would have excited you or any ones that haven't been mentioned that you would have liked to have seen as kind of possibly be in the frame? 
Is Mourinho available? I don't know. I mean, that's I that's. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, that's the kind of you know fantasy idea of somebody who who could come in. But no, I mean, to be honestly, to be honest with you, we're in a position where I, what I don't want to be doing is you know taking risks on on unknown quantities. So somebody who's maybe had two or three good months playing, you know, managing a team in the English Championship, and is a promising you know coach for the future I don't think we can take a risk on that we've, we've done that with Beal even though there was a sort of bit of background with him and, and he knew the club but I just don't think that was the right move to make at that stage and it proved that it really wasn't the right move to make I don't want to do that again so it's more about who I don't want than, than who yeah. who I do want really in some ways I have a good idea of what I didn't want and uh, you know I think probably most of those uh, candidates at the moment Muscat, I think we're only probably looking at him because he's a former Rangers player. Otherwise, we wouldn't be looking at him. Um, the rest of them, you know, don't fall into the the category of I wouldn't want them. But yeah, I'm a bit like yourself. There's no. It feels like there's no standout candidate where you go, yes, he's he's the one I want. It, it feels like it could be kind of any one of the three, and we'd probably all be pretty happy with it, but maybe not ecstatic and um, leaning. Edmondson drive to, to welcome them as it were. Um, John, what about you? What, what's your feeling on the, the new manager situation in terms of the, the three names that I mentioned there? I mean, like you guys, I wouldn't claim to have any deep knowledge of any of them. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm aware of them. Um, actually, Clement was probably the one I was least aware of, unlike Ian. Um, I was probably least aware of him until fairly recently and um, when I started to hear his name. Um, I'm still scarred by Le Guin, I have to be honest with you. I, I still bear the scars of Le Guin. I bought, I bought fully into Le Guin. I drank the Kool-Aid, as the Americans say, and, and, and that collapsing after six months. Um, and, and, and even then, even when it did collapse, I was still in the camp of, you know what, we should you know, get rid of Barry Ferguson and Chris Boyd and, you know, Walter Smith comes in and, and we're in a European final 18 months later. So it's, um, I guess, really what I'm saying is, look, I'm the last guy you should ask because it's what I know about these things. But um, you've asked me, so I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. I'm, unlike you, I'm probably more comfortable with Muscat. I think if, I think if he hadn't played for Rangers, we'd take it a bit more seriously. I think if, you know, if we were, if we had, we're looking at a guy who's um, won the league in, in in Japan, and from what I gather, Japanese club football is is of a higher standard than Scottish club club football just now. Um, but he's won the league in Japan. He's won the league in Australia. Um, he's Anglophile. Um, you know, he speaks the language. He's 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 lived in the UK. He's played football in the UK. I, I can see why he ticks a number of boxes. And the fact that he has actually you know been at the club, albeit for a fairly short time. Um, is probably at least, you know, he has an understanding of how the game works here. Um, you know, he, he, he understands that already. The other two, culturally, um, you know, I, I think both of them speak, speak very good English. Um, I don't think there'll be any challenges on that front. But um, I think culturally, they were going to have to adjust to just how it is here. They're going to have to adjust to coming to a league where pretty much every team bar one goes into it and the tension is not to lose. You know, they're not there, they're not there to go toe-to-toe, they're not there to try and beat us, they're there to try not to lose to us, and that's a kind of different type of, of, of management and player that's required. Um, 
the boy that's is it Bobo Bobo Glimped or Bodo Glimped um, thing. I mean, I know they've. I've read a couple of things about them. They're quite a success story in in Norwegian football. Um, they've had some you know really eye catching results um, over the last few years. Um, you know, it is remarkable what they've done there. How much of that is down to the manager? How much of that's down to the structure behind them and and, and how they're run? I guess it's a bit of both. Um, could he replicate that outside of of Norway? I really don't know. It, it does concern me a little bit. Um, come on, I would be, I would, you know, I wouldn't be unhappy if if it was him that got it. And likewise, I probably wouldn't be unhappy if, if it was Muscat. You know, whoever's coming in, you know, you give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, you're willing to um, to see. But but like Ian said, there's not it's not an obvious person we're overlooking. I think when we when this whole thing begins, I tend to look and see, well, you know. Okay, is there anybody in the league just now? Is there anyone in the league we're in that you would look at? Now, it's not going to be McInnes. McInnes has bumped his, his, his boats there. Um, oddly enough, I, I was a little surprised that nobody, and I've literally seen nobody suggest um, the manager of St. Mum, who um, were against the night, who's, you know, actually, you know, St. Mum are currently joint um, at the same points as us, and actually are having a very good season, and, and absolutely nobody suggested him. I think he would be a hugely underwhelming appointment um I, I can't see the, the support getting terribly excited but that is probably the you know the best of what's there at martindale i think comes with too much baggage so i don't think there's anyone obvious that, that's being missed just now that that you know that we would look um initially um you know we're not going to go for the hearts manager we're not going to go for the, the hibs manager we're not going to go for the aberdeen manager you know, and these are perhaps people we would have looked at in the past as, as kind of obvious people to come in and, and you know maybe step up into the rangers job um, so there isn't there is nobody that's kind of jumping out and uh, to me either you know i have to hope that the, the board have spent a lot more time and given us a lot more thought than, than i have um you know whoever comes in he's still gonna have to work with the same players um you know whoever comes in is still gonna have to figure out a system that will work with these guys now i think when we get our squad back you know i think when when cantwell's fit again when um Hopefully Lawrence is fit again. Um, perhaps Danilo is fit again. Perhaps Matondo. You know, when you get these guys fit, then it certainly gives us more options. It gives us more options in terms of how the style of play we can make. Um, so you know, uh, there. But I'm uh, I'm quietly hopeful that um, you know the fact that we're not hearing anything, the fact that there's no there's no leaks coming out, um, is is a good sign. Um, is that the people are working away diligently in the background and, and things have been done correctly, but I don't know. You know, and, and truth be told, I've, I've no more insight into this than you do. Probably less. You mentioned there, John, that, you know, whoever comes in, he's going to need to work with the squad that he's got in the main. Um, now, the one thing all three of these names seem to have in common, based on what I've read, is that they all like to play a kind of fairly high-pressing attacking style of play. Do you think we've got this squad capable of playing that um, style, or is this going to be new manager comes in and we're going to need another squad overhaul hall to bring in players that suit his style of play? Well, I mean, you have to assume that that the directors are having that conversation with with these guys. Is how is it you like to play? You know, what kind of players. You know, this is the style. This is the league you're in. This is what was expected of you. So you have to assume these things are, are are discussed. I think most modern managers, most successful managers, play that type of football. You know, that seems to be the style just now that 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 gets um, gets the best results. Certainly, the style I think that supporters prefer. Um, 
are we capable of doing it? We were doing it until fairly recently. Um, you know, a couple of seasons ago, not only were we doing it, we were doing it quite successfully. Um, and for some reason, this season we've stopped doing it, and and we we don't do it at all. We seem incapable of doing it. Um, our, our forward players just don't have the. At least some of them don't have the mobility. Um, you know, don't just aren't, don't, aren't that type of player. Um, I don't know if they're capable of doing it, but I think as a squad, we should be capable of doing it. You know, right? there's enough guys in, in in that in that squad that we should be able to do it. But whoever we bring in, Brian's going to want to bring in their own players. You know, there will be changes. I think you know, accept that. Um, you know, you cannot expect somebody to come in and say, right, okay, you know what, you don't get to bring in your own players. You don't get to make changes. You know, there will be some changes in January. There will be more changes in the summer. Whoever we bring in, um, that's just the nature of the game. I don't actually think our squad is as, as bad as most, most people think it is. I think we do have the core of decent players. Uh, I th- you know, I think Joy mentioned most of them there uh, who, who could make a difference. Um, it's just getting the best out of those players. That's what's going to be the most important job for you know whoever the new manager is, and you know whatever he's tactical approach or uh, how, how he sets up his teams is almost secondary in some ways to how he can get the best out of these players. So what I, you know, what I hope will happen is that the new manager is not going to be, uh, you know, so stringent in the way that they operate that they say, right, well, this is how I play. And if you can't play like that, then uh, you're just going to either have to go or, uh, or, or you're, I'm going to play you anyway. Uh, and, and then you get the worst out of the, the players. So, you know, yes, he has to have a defined style, but at the same time, he needs to be realistic about what he's got available. I don't know whether our players are capable of playing that kind of style of football either, because we haven't really seen them trying it now. Have they not tried it because we've changed their approach uh, under uh, uh, Van Bronckhurst and Beal this season, or is it because the players that we've got, despite how we want to play, how these coaches want to play, aren't capable of doing it and just aren't doing what they're told to do? So I, I don't know. I suppose we'll find out soon enough. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't think the players. Some, some there are players obviously that you know I would happily see go tomorrow. Uh, but I do think there are there is the core of a decent squad there that we're just not getting the best out of for whatever reason that is. I, I, I don't know. Um, hopefully that's what the new manager is going to bring. Whoever whoever it is. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who the new manager is and then kind of what style of play he brings. Um, I'll finish up on the last point with you, Ian, is um, also we're heading into an international break now. Um, usually we all dread the international break, but is this now the perfect time for us for an international break? And how crucial is it that we get a new manager in early during the break to give him as much time as possible to work with the group before our next game against Hibs at Ibrox? Well, it is handy. Uh, if we are aiming to get a, a, a manager in on the, in the short term, then yeah, having a little break so it doesn't have to be like tomorrow uh, is quite useful. Uh, I actually thought when they sort of announced that Stephen Davis uh, was going to be the interim manager and they had this sort of backroom team as well, I actually thought that they were they were maybe looking ahead to keep them in place until maybe the the. Uh, January transfer window and then maybe look at replacing them then, just giving them a run of games until then and then making that decision. It doesn't look as if that's going to happen and that's probably a good thing. But um, I think, yeah, the, the international break, much as it 
I, I can't abide it. It's uh, uh, probably coming at a good time for us. Yeah, and also, we, we've got quite a few players to come back from injury, so hopefully once we come out of the international break, the squad's looking in a lot better shape in terms of um, players returning from injury. Possibly. Who knows? But I mean, the way things are going, they'll probably come back with more injuries from the international break, won't they? Well, that would just be a luck right about now. Um, right, I think we'll call it time there. All that's left for me to do is thank my guests. Um, Ian, thanks as always. Thank you. John, thanks for joining us. Pleasure, thanks very much, Brian. Thank you. As well as being live tonight, the show will be available on all podcasting platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Acast, Stitcher. I may ask that you leave a rating on your preferred podcasting app. Um, we'll be back after the international break to preview the home game against Hibs. Um, and hopefully we'll also be discussing our new manager then as well. Until next time, bye for now.